Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Derm, Derm Bros. It is good to be back. It is. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus. We got discouraged. We did. We weren't getting very much positive feedback and uh, we thought bringing Will on the show would really... I mean that story about the melanoma on his ear, that was a tearjerker, but he didn't really have a radio voice and he kind of just tanked our he whole really podcast. Was a train wreck. <laughs> we got some bad feedback and then lost a lot of listeners. Uh my mom decided she wouldn't <laughs> listen anymore. <laughs> so your mom decided not to listen because she didn't like Will's radio voice. That's his his lack of a radio voice. Lack of yeah. radio voice. That yeah. makes sense. Um, but I think the important thing is we're back. Yes. And we got some good feedback lately. Who was that from? My sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're keeping it all in the family. And what she told me was not only that she loved it, but that she really liked the educational aspect of our mm, show. And I then like we should that. do more of it. Okay. Well, let's make it education heavy. Okay. We're, we're going to hit on the education today. Right now. Yeah. This is it. All right. So um, ask me anything. Okay. Anything about dermatology. All right, I'm just going to think of a question that pops in my head. Okay. Okay. Hey, Seth, what would you say are the top five rashes, most common, most frequent rashes you see? Oh, that's easy. I got them. Okay. But before this, before, maybe I just am stalling and need a little bit of time to think, but how often do you biopsy a rash? That's a good question. Um, I definitely, off the fly, can't think exactly, but here's what I would say. I would say a third of the time I see a rash... I know what it is. Okay. Okay. Then maybe a third of the time, I'm I'm not sure I'm between two or three different diagnoses. And at that point, I either just treat it with what I think will work. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then I'll biopsy when they come back. Mm-hmm. And then maybe another third of the time, I just biopsy it first time I see the rush. Yeah. What about you? I think it's probably similar. You know, okay. some As I've gotten a little bit more into Durham, you know, sometimes you know exactly what it is as soon as you walk in the room mm-hmm. just from your history or whatever yeah um and there's other times where i honestly have no idea yeah and then sometimes i do treat it do you ever hedge your bets when you treat it and treat it like multiple different ways that's that's a funny topic um i tend to avoid that because i want to know yeah what it is what works and what doesn't work yeah. and when you just treat it with multiple things and they get better you don't know what they had or what worked. i know and but, almost every time I've done that, they then taper off of, well, it clears up, but they come off of one of the medicines, or they stop both of them, and it comes back, and you're back at the same problem. Yeah. You don't know exactly what it was. I definitely have been tempted to do that. Well, I'll, I'll put them on steroids and antibiotic, and I'm like, let's throw an antifungal in there, too. Ah. Uh, um, well, you know what? I don't know if we need to derail, but I wonder if people really know, like, what a biopsy is. Yeah, that's that's a good... Yeah? Do you want to tell them? Yeah, basically... A lot of stuff, uh, it helps to let a pathologist glance at, you know, the cells under the microscope. And so a biopsy is where you somehow get a little piece of skin off and you send it to the pathologist and they stain it in different ways, look for infections, look for inflammatory cells, and then send you back a report basically with their findings. Mm-hmm. So you have like a tangential shave biopsy. Those are probably the most common ones where you just basically take a little blade and you shave off a little piece of skin. And then if you want to get a little bit more, you do a punch biopsy which is like a little, kind of like a little apple core. You just like pop a little plug of skin out. So that goes deeper than a shave biopsy most of the time. And you can do different sizes, you know, one millimeter up to eight. We, I never do an eight millimeter punch mm-hmm. biopsy if we have one. Yeah. And then 
I guess you can do an incisional biopsy mm -hmm. where you actually kind of cut into something and cut it out with a scalpel. Yeah. Yeah. And so the pathologist, they are looking at the actual cells and the immune cells, the skin cells, and they see patterns that certain rashes, um, they present in certain patterns and then they try to identify it based on the, the patterns and the organization and the types of cells that they're looking at. Yeah. And that's also for skin cancer mm -hmm. or atypical moles or melanoma. You biopsy those. Same thing. The pathologist kind of looks at it mm -hmm. and gives you their thoughts on it. And even just like sometimes they can look at the ratios of types of cells and they're like, well, in this type of rash, mm -hmm. there's a two to one ratio of these types of cells. Mm -hmm. It is crazy how complicated even mm -hmm. your skin is. Yeah. Um, so let's just off the top of our heads, let's name the five most common rashes we see. Actually, you come up with your five. I'm going to come up with my okay, five. Okay, we'll say them at the same time. We'll say them at the same time. Starting with the most common. Okay. Okay, Okay. Think. we'll go three, two, one, and then we'll say the most common. Okay. Okay. Three, three two, two, one, eczema. eczema. Yep, nice. we got it. That 100% is the most common. Okay, and then the second most common, three, two, two one, one, contact, contact dermatitis. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did not rehearse this before. We didn't. We did not. Okay, are you ready for are the we third one? Are we going to go through them all? Yeah, let's do five. Okay. We'll, I bet we'll run into a difference. Hold on, let me think about the third one. Do you have yours yet? I'm not sure. I think I'm going to pick one, but... Um, I guess it depends on your patient demographics for a lot yeah. of these. I feel like the other ones can't really be, like, split up into, like, most common. Yeah. Well, Let's just do it anyways. Okay. okay. The third most common. Three, two, one, psoriasis. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say probably psoriasis. Okay. Okay. And then the fourth one, three, two, <laughs> three, two, one. Tinea. Acne. Oh, acne. Is that a rash? No, it's not. But <laughs> what about tinea? Um, yeah. I see it. I feel like I see a, well, no, I don't actually see that much, but I see a lot of stuff that could be tinea. Okay. Yeah. And tinea is fungus. Okay. Like a fungal, like ringworm is the other name for that. Yeah. A fifth? A fifth. Three. Well, that might have been our five right okay. there. Okay. All right. Good. Because you said acne, I said tinea. Okay. And was that six? Wait, let's see. Let's go back through. It was eczema, contact dermatitis, psoriasis, tinea, and acne. Okay. All right. Let's, start, let's talk about them. All right. So let's talk about the most common, eczema. Okay. And we basically see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So just real quick, Sebastian, what is eczema? Okay, you know, I knew you were going to ask me, and I feel a lot of pressure because this has to be accurate information now. Yeah, I no. guess. Now this is educational. Um, we don't want it to be misinformation. I'll tell you my feelings about okay. eczema. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, I mean, when I think of eczema, I think of dry, itchy, irritated, inflamed skin. Okay. And I almost think of it as like, a very general term almost like a description okay. of a rash in a way mm -hmm. um so like a lot of things can fall into eczema i gotcha yeah well how, what would you how would you define eczema i always say that it's inflammation in your skin a lot of times in something you're allergic to but you rarely figure out what you're allergic to hmm. and I don't, do you think that's accurate <laughs> But it is different than contact dermatitis. Well, see, see, I would, I feel like that would just be, 
Mm. Contact dermatitis. Yeah, but don't you feel like with eczema, if you do patch testing uh-huh. and you figure out what they're allergic to, it actually was a contact derm. <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Well, regardless, it is a is an itchy red, okay, yes. crusty allergy. Rash. Will that's yes up 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 in the air. Up in the air, and um, maybe, but you almost can never figure out what you're allergic to, even if it is that. So you really just treat it. Or yeah, maybe there's just like external triggers. Yes, maybe a good way to. I think say uh, it. so. That could be dry skin. Mm-hmm. It could be um, kind of bacterial overgrowth on your skin. It could be a breakdown of the moisture barrier in your skin. Mm-hmm. Yep. All those things trigger eczema mm-hmm. and, or make it worse. I guess they don't cause it, but they yeah. make it worse. Yeah. So once you go, go through the treatments real quick. Okay. And they actually kind of go along with yeah. the triggers. Well, I think here's an interesting, interesting thing to say about it. So in dermatology, we see diseases where the immune system isn't doing what it needs to do. Okay. Right. So, it was doing too much. Well, yeah, yeah. But as a juxtaposition so you see diseases where the immune system isn't doing what it needs right. to do so I like you, a bacterial you. infection yeah so the bacteria is there it's overgrowing it creates some sort of disease in your body and your immune system isn't getting rid of it right completely but then there's also diseases and i would say this is maybe the most frequent cause of disease in dermatology yeah is it overactive yeah where your system. immune system is doing more and mm. so back to the biopsy you remove that skin, you look at eczema, there's immune cells yeah. that are, you know, causing your your itching and your redness. Eosinophils. Eosinophils, yeah. Um, Which is a white cell in your body that they think is more directed towards parasitic infections, right? Yeah. That is what they're there for. Um, but for whatever reason, in eczema... They have too too many eosinophils in your skin, yep. causing and problems. Eosinophils make your skin feel very itchy. Yes, that's right. Um, so, anyways, so because of that, our number one treatment, and there's a lot of changes in treatments now, but for a while, it's always been steroids. Yeah, mm-hmm. topical steroids. Topical most of the steroids time. most of the time, and steroids. What they do is they inhibit your immune system, and they right. do it on so many levels. Mm-hmm. So different immune cells immune mediators they are just right they're not selective they're really. not selective they just kind at of all. Mm-hmm. yeah inhibit everything yeah. in yeah. your immune system mm-hmm. which leads to problems obviously it does but you know topical there aren't too many problems yeah because there's not this huge systemic i mean i would say there's very little systemic um absorption, absorption. Um, yeah yeah but then people with really bad eczema you're often putting them on systemic steroids that's true because their eczema is so bad, they can't clear it up with the topical. Mm-hmm. And then those do... I mean, they they work great for eczema, but they have problems mm-hmm. later on if you use them a lot. Yeah. But then there's also some new things for... Well, I guess they're not new anymore, but the steroid sparings. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some topicals that you basically get the benefit of the steroid, but they don't... Really, they're not a steroid. Yes. They're much more selective in terms mm-hmm. of what they block. Yeah. So that would be protopic, elidil. I guess Eucrisa would be in that category. Mm-hmm. So why, like, what would someone have to worry about when using a topical steroid? Uh, the main thing is it can thin your skin mm-hmm. if you use it chronically, if you use a really strong steroid chronically. Yeah. What do you think? Yep. 
And I have seen where people are treating eczema on their legs Mm -hmm. with a really strong steroid, and then they get a fungal infection in that same area. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Which is probably an unintended... You know, it knocked back your immune system in that area, Mm -hmm. so you got a fungal infection. What if we talked about uh, tinea next? Yeah. Because it's almost like a good transition. That's true. Why is it a good transition? Well, because we were just talking about it. That's true. And on the lower legs, they look... That's the one place where a biopsy is really helpful. Or else a, a, um, a scraping. Yes. You know, look for fungus. Well, here's why it's a good transition, too. Because steroids make eczema better. Right. But they make funguses worse. worse more proliferant. Right. Proliferant. What's the word? Um, more proliferant. <laughs> yeah, I think proliferant. That sounds good to me. Okay. So, just like I said before, you have too much immune system. It's causing eczema. But if you don't have enough, then microbes like fungus, mm-hmm. fungi, bacteria, other things like that can proliferate. Right. So if you put a steroid on a fungus, so it tinea, goes crazy. Yeah, it can go crazy. Um, and have you ever done that? Yes, I have. I have to. Yeah. Yeah, and then well, it's because I thought it was eczema, and then it's very obvious <laughs> after when they come back. That's true. I'm like, oh, and now I know exactly what it is. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what, what's your definition of tinea? Sorry. Yeah, it's just a fungal. In- Ringworm's the common name. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the time when I see it, it's on the lower legs or the ankles or the feet. Mm-hmm. And it basically is like a little circular patch. Yeah. You do, sometimes on the back I'll see it, but there's a type of eczema called numular eczema, which basically to me looks very similar. Yeah. Do you think they look similar? Well, I think that's a good point because... I think because of that term ringworm, mm-hmm. whenever somebody comes in with a circular red right, they rash, think it's, ringworm, yeah. it's like, oh, it's ringworm. Ring, it's just kind of like, that's what you think of. But there are other things that cause circular rashes. And right. yeah, probably the other more common one is numular eczema. Mm-hmm. So, But in the back of the ringworm thing, that's just a name. It's not a... It's not a yes. ring, it's not a worm in the least, but it's just a, yes. fun, it's a fungus that's kind of expanding out in your skin. Do you know where that name comes from i don't know i think what it is so the borders of a ringworm rash mm-hmm. have this like worm like pattern hmm. well they call it serpiginous yes yeah, okay so it like kind of waves as it you mean like, under the microscope or no, if you no, just look at just it looking at real it. close oh, okay yeah does that make sense yeah that does yeah so it's not a, a perfect circle it's kind of the borders are like wavy yes okay. as if like a a worm is like traveling oh yeah no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, and how do you treat tinea? Well, you'd use an antifungal yeah. instead of a steroid. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say about that, this is just like a, a good tidbit. So, you know, toenail funguses are pretty common. R- very common. Very common, especially in older people. Yeah. I would. Th- I think almost all of our older patients have it. Yeah. And it's n- frequent that... If someone has toenail fungus, they'll mm-hmm. have fungus at the feet. Right. So if yeah. someone comes in for a rash on their feet and they have a toenail fungus, I'm thinking about tinea. Yeah, tinea that, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And toenail fungus is very difficult to treat. It is, yeah. I mean, use a systemic antifungal. You have to get a bunch of blood work to be on it most of the time. And it... It works some of the time, but it really doesn't work some of the time. Mm-hmm. Is that Has that been your experience with it? Well, I feel like a young person with one toenail fungus... It'll clear it up. It'll clear it up, and we're good. But then, yeah, when you just have, like, multiple, 
it's probably just going to come back after you treat yeah. it, even if if it does go away, which it might not. Yeah. Actually, um, this is kind of a HIPAA violation, but Sebastian has horrible tonal fungus. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> not true. Um, I did have warts on my feet at one point. Did you? Yeah. They went away. Oh, on their own. They did. Wow. They just, like, started bleeding one day, and then after that, they disappeared. Okay. I guess it was your immune system. Yeah. Finally just getting rid of them. Yeah. Okay, so we did... We did tinea, we did eczema. Next is psoriasis. Okay. I think most people are pretty common with psoriasis, right? We're pretty familiar with it. I don't know. I did not know what it was before I started working in dermatology. I had definitely seen it. Maybe I didn't know what it was, but I do remember seeing it on people. Okay. But that classically is like these huge crusty patches, like on the elbows or Mm -hmm. the knees. Um, And I can see how that could be very... A bad diagnosis to have. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't typically itch as bad, but it looks bad. Yeah. Does psoriasis run in the family? In my family, no. But is it genetic? Oh, is it genetic? Um, I think it definitely is. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people do... It, it, yeah. We, we have kind of multi-generational people that all have psoriasis. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it must be. I think this is another, like, good learning point that um, sometimes when we make diagnoses for skin rashes skin rashes mm-hmm. um the distribution on the body can be a very helpful signpost to what the diagnosis is right and yeah. that definitely applies for psoriasis okay so what are the what are the or what's the difference in psoriasis distribution and eczema distribution that's a really good question so i'll talk about psoriasis first so you know i think classically most common elbows knees mm-hmm. okay but other common locations scalp ears mm-hmm. Umbilicus, your belly button. Yeah, and butt. And gluteal cleft. Yeah. And so that... Which is the butt. Yes. <laughs> the butt, between the butt crack. It's in With, the, it's the butt crack. The butt crack, the butt crack. That's right. Okay. But, um, so sometimes I'll see a rash. I'm not sure what it is. Mm. And then if it's in the belly button and the gluteal cleft... It's psoriasis. I'm like, oh, maybe this is psoriasis. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is, you mean kind of separate from what the rash even looks like. Just if it's those locations. Yes. Psoriasis is on your radar. It's yeah. at least, it at least makes me think about psoriasis. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, I can't think of any counterexamples to that. I mean, I definitely think that that is true. Yeah. But you do have, like, variants of psoriasis, like inverse psoriasis, mm-hmm. which are kind of in almost the opposite areas in yeah. a way. Well, that's another learning point because, uh, so inverse psoriasis, what? Mm-hmm. Armpits, armpits, under the breast, and then the groin area. The groin area. Yeah. So I see this all the time. Someone comes in for inverse psoriasis, and they've been treated with antifungals because right. everyone thinks it's it's a, a fungal, fungal infection. infection. Yeah, um, but it's inverse psoriasis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what's, Sebastian, what's the difference under the microscope in psoriasis and eczema? Um, do you know the answer to that question? I know the general answer. Yeah. Okay, you tell me. Um, psoriasis is a dysfunction of neutrophils. Okay. And eczema is probably more eosinophils. Okay. Interesting. Is that, is that what you were thinking as well or not? I just, I don't know if I can answer that question really well. Well, I'm going to have to fact check myself <laughs> on this, but I think that that is, I think the neutrophils are, are the ones that are overactive in psoriasis. Okay. Uh, which is another cell in your immune system, but a separate line from the eosinophils. Cool. Um, no, what about treatments for psoriasis real quick? So, yeah, uh, you know, I think topical steroids has been kind of the treatment for a while. Right. I think before that it was like tar, mm-hmm. which is coal tar, which is right. just like anti-inflammatory also. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't think we should go into it because it's like a really long conversation. But now there's a lot of psoriasis treatments. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen commercials for them. Or yeah. Heard stuff about yeah, they're they're biologics, they're monoclonal antibodies, and they work exceptionally well for psoriasis, but they're very targeted, and they are extremely expensive. Yes. Like on the order of, I mean, they say they're up to like a hundred thousand dollars a year, which yeah. is probably true. Well, everyone's listened to our other episodes, so yeah, we were talking about it. Oh, that's true. So we got committed fans. That's right. But um, yeah, so that's psoriasis. I think we covered that okay decently. Um, so what's the next? Should one? we say? Should we talk about contact? Oh wait, what if you put a psoriasis patient? You don't know what it is, and you treat them with steroids. Yeah, not topical a, steroids, but systemic steroids. What that happens? is very interesting because, so eczema, topical steroids, really bad. You can do systemic steroids, and it usually, hopefully, will kind of put them into a, more of a remission where it's more controllable. Psoriasis is different, though. Right. So psoriasis, if you put them on systemic steroids, they'll get better, but then as soon as they come off, they flare. Right. So we, generally speaking... And I have heard, I have heard some other sides to this argument. Right. But generally speaking, we don't do systemic steroids for psoriasis. Yeah, because when they come off of them, they flare like like end up in the hospital flaring. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, we we do have one patient that we actually saw her first in the hospital as a consult, mm-hmm. and she did have a his. I guess she had a history of psoriasis, and maybe it was never diagnosed. And she was treated with steroids, and then when she came off of it, she had urethrodermal pustular psoriasis. Oh wow. Which is, like, all over your body and, I guess, life-threatening at mm-hmm. some point. So that's why she was in the hospital. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's talk about contact. Okay, contact. I feel like this one is uh, really seasonal. Mm-hmm. Like, every summer I see a ton of cases of contact dermatitis. So what is contact dermatitis? That's where 100% you came into t- in contact with something that you're allergic to. Yeah. Which the most common thing is poison ivy. Mm-hmm. That I see. Um... Yeah, but it can be lots of things. It can be. And poison ivy in particular is a really exuberant, crazy reaction. Yes. I mean, people can... I've seen people that have kind of gotten poison ivy on their legs, and then they basically break out all over their body in Mm -hmm. response to it. And everyone thinks it's in their bloodstream and spreading around, but that's probably not the case, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. Definitely not the case. (laughs) No, it's just... The reaction is so crazy. The cells in that one area are releasing all these chemicals that just make your whole immune system go crazy so when you see a rash let's say you have no history what points you towards making a diagnosis of contact dermatitis um with no history just looking at it sure and then you can tell me about history too but well with history history is really helpful yeah. for this one mm-hmm. because you know oh i was doing yard work and i was you know cutting up poison ivy with the weed eater or something or, or even just people doing yard work in the summer and mm-hmm. then they get this rash um, so if there's no history, uh, I mean, a contact dermatitis, you're going to basically break out at least at first in the areas where you came into contact with something. Mm-hmm. So if it's something you're getting on your hands, your hands are going to break out. If it's poison ivy, it's normally like a linear s- strip or mm-hmm. like a streak on your skin because the leaf rubbed against your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Yeah. What do you think? Well, here's one thing I always think of. So, you know, psoriasis, it's always very symmetrical, or it's usually very symmetrical. Right, okay. Elbows, knees, Mm -hmm. eczema too, it's usually very symmetrical. 
And that's almost like, okay, this is a systemic disease of your immune system. Yeah. When a rash is like kind of random. Like just on one arm. Just or... on one arm. Just like give a spot on your arm, a spot on your leg, a mm-hmm. spot on your stomach. And it doesn't, it just looks like something on the outside touched your skin, basically. Because yes. it's, it's just random. It doesn't look like your body is producing or like from the inside. Right. But some of it's kind of, um, artif- or some, some of it is a, not just where you came into contact with something originally, like if you're breaking out on your eyelids and nowhere mm-hmm. else, it's probably contact dermatitis, but it's probably that your eyelid skin is very sensitive. So yes. you got something on your hands and you scratched your eyelids. Yep. Not something you're directly putting on your eyelids. Right. Um, it's very itchy. Super itchy. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think people always emphasize how itchy contact dermatitis is. So how do you, how do y'all treat it? Cause we do like big time steroids. Yes. Um, topical steroids. Mm-hmm. If it's just very localized, I will try to just do topical steroids. But a lot of times I need to do oral steroids with it. Yeah. Do you do intramuscular steroids? So that would be like a steroid shot. Yeah. Um, not as frequently as I do oral steroids. So how do you just do a medrol dose pack? I don't. I usually start anywhere from like 60, 50, or maybe I'll go down to 40 milligrams. Mm-hmm. I think a medrol dose pack only starts at like, is it 24 milligrams? I, you know, it's methylprednisolone, right? It's not, oh, yeah, not that's right. That's so right. I'm not, yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. Um, so yeah, I usually do prednisone. Yeah. I do feel like a medrol dose pack is like too little, too short mm-hmm. for contact. Because it'll probably help while you're treating it, but mm-hmm. then it's going to break back out as soon as you've, you're done with it. Yes. Yep. And that's frustrating for people, mm-hmm. you know, because they feel like you got an adequate treatment and then it just comes right back. And yeah, especially poison ivy, it can be a crazy reaction. Mm-hmm. Like lasting weeks in yes. some people. Yeah. And people always tell me how itchy it is. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a, a sign too about of, that it might be contact dermatitis. It's yeah. very itchy. Well, one rash that we didn't mention, but when you mentioned the thing about the distribution of contact dermatitis being like one-sided, you know, on on your hand or, or on your trunk on one side, mm-hmm. there's another rash, which is always, or basically always one-sided. Yeah. And what's that? Shingles. Shingles. Yeah. Yep. And that one, that's, that's one you definitely don't want to miss. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it's pretty classic when you see it. It usually is. Yeah. Um, what to say about shingles? I feel like shingles is interesting because people hear about shingles a lot. They hear about how bad it is, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't know what it is. Right. So shingles is the virus. It's caused by the virus. Well, sorry. Let me start over. So the virus that causes chicken pox. Okay. You get that as a kid. You get chicken pox from this virus. After the rash goes away, that virus stays in your nerves. Right. Um, stays dormant in your nerves. And basically, it'll stay there your whole life. And then if for some reason your immune system wanes, once again, mm-hmm. your immune system not doing what it needs to do. So a lot of times that can be stress, it can mm-hmm. be old age, it can be being on an immune suppressant right. medication. Uh, it allows the virus to replicate, kind of proliferate. Then it breaks back out in that nerve distribution. Yes. Other nerve it infects. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's almost most of the time it's just one-sided yes so if you ever get a painful rash that's just on half of your body or not half your whole body but on like the left side of your face or the right side of your face yeah well I typically see it on the trunk like a strip like on your flank or a strip on your back yeah yeah so I'll, I'll people will tell me often that they think they have shingles 
But if it's on two sides of their body, I can basically tell them, no, it's not right. shingles. I guess the only caveat to that is what if you're so immunosuppressed? I mean, you can get disseminated shingles, right? But that would probably be everywhere. I guess. Yeah, I've never I've seen it. Never seen that. In more than one side. Although some, I did see someone that, I think the distribution of their nerve was a little bit different than, a little bit aberrant. Like, it wasn't straight the midline. It was like a little bit over from the midline and across. Sounds like a misdiagnosis. <laughs> yeah, well, I treated them with, basically, if something looks like shingles, and I think it might be, I just treat them for shingles. Yeah. Because it's one you don't want to miss. And there's, I mean, Veltrex, which is the medicine we use, there's, very little problems with mm-hmm. it normally so you might as well just treat with it yeah i think a lot of people feel that way that valtrex is pretty safe so yeah it's, it's well what's the reason why you don't want to miss that diagnosis are you talking about like post repetitive yeah. neuralgia yeah okay you know it's always so interesting about that okay what's so that? so post herpetic neuralgia you want to say what that is yeah it's i guess the the nerve gets so damaged when you when the shingles erupts from that nerve that you are just left with chronic pain yeah in that distribution for my granddad has it and I oh gosh he's had it for 10 years and oh it's, really yeah it's I think he's still in significant pain from it dang that's awful yeah uh so that's why you want it if you have any thought it might be shingles you just treat it as shingles because if you treat early with Veltrex then you probably I mean you don't eliminate that but you would would hopefully decrease the risk of that happening mm-hmm. so then what was the last rash well I said acne but it's oh not yeah that's rash. not even a rash and, and in fact, acne is such a big topic. We should just do a whole yeah. podcast on that. Yeah, it is. And uh, so I guess first, Sebastian just needs to learn what a rash is. <laughs> Seth, you probably said so many incorrect facts on this episode. I probably have. I hope I need to go back and listen to it and fact check a lot of it. Hopefully no one medical listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least no medical doctors. Maybe, I mean, I'm okay with other mid-levels listening to do it. Do we have a disclaimer? That we're not actually doctors. <laughs> This is this is how we the, feel about these that's right. diseases. Whatever you hear, um, this is our truth. That yeah, that's right. As they say, well, truth is relative nowadays. So, well, I guess in closing, Sebastian, do you have? Tell me one thing you've learned recently in your life. Okay. Do you have something? Um. No. Okay. I'm, I'm still thinking. Uh, you know. I wouldn't say this is like a lesson that I've learned, but I'm really trying hard to not live trying to get validation from other people. Yeah. Because... Well, you have no chance of getting validation (laughs) from other people. It's just kind of exhausting, and um, I don't know, I'm just kind of tired of, of... people having that hold over me. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't want to be constantly seeking the validation of other people. No, I got you. Well, we were talking about the, those big football games last weekend and I was asking Sebastian, um, who he lives in the town where one of these big football teams was and actually the town where they played. And I said, did you watch the game? He said, yeah, I didn't. What'd you say? You just realized that that's not you and you don't want to pretend that you like football. I mean, yeah, if I just don't enjoy it, then I like like that about myself. And it, it's a good thing. I've always like felt bad about it, especially living in a football town. But it's like, you know, I like things like reading and exercising and playing music. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's cool. I get that. I get that. All right, I think for me, my one takeaway from these last few months 
Um, well, we've been adding on to our house a little bit. Uh, we're doing our garage and I've been doing a lot of the work myself and there's something just fun about the whole creative process of just like every day when I come home from work, even if I don't do much, I just try to get a little bit of stuff done and I don't know, it's just really meaningful to kind of have a project that you're always kind of working on, mm -hmm. trying to build skills uh, and just gradually plug away at things because I think we're designed to be people that are productive or creative mm -hmm. or um i don't know bring order out of disorder yeah i was talking in my kind of all areas of life i was talking to my sister about that sort of similar concept yesterday just that like i'm i'm happy i find happiness when i'm like learning new things mm -hmm. challenging myself in new ways that like i haven't been uh before um so yeah i think there's something life-giving about just like pushing yourself learning a new craft yeah yeah definitely um and spending time with old friends yep throwback that's right all right well i guess that about wraps it up well why didn't you invite will um, to this session well i did but he he uh, didn't want to hang out with us today <laughs> otherwise he would have been back on here so okay all right great episode very educational that's right don't don't take anything we said too seriously. Yeah, don't look anything up. <laughs> don't please. look anything up. This is all we didn't research before it. Yeah, this is all this off is the like, cuff. Yes. Sometimes you just gotta make stuff up. That's right. All right, well y'all take care. All right, bye.